Hey there, this is Michael Burris. I'm the lead pastor of Summit View Church in Irving, Kentucky, and this is our podcast. I hope this podcast encourages you, I hope it inspires you, and I hope it helps you to start seeing your life from God's perspective. Thanks for joining us today. Now enjoy the message. Today is Vision Sunday. Everybody say Vision Sunday. Nobody knows what that is yet, but you're all going to know. Today is Vision Sunday. What is Vision Sunday, okay? So Vision Sunday, this is the one day that we're going to have every single year that as a church, we get to come together and we get to talk about and lean into what we believe God has for Summit View in the next year. And, but also, how can that apply to you individually as a person? Because I think that God wants something for our church, but our church isn't going to have anything different unless individually we have... Um, we let God make an impact on our life for the year as well. I believe that Vision Sunday is one of the most important Sundays as a church that we can have every single year. That's because Proverbs chapter 29, verse 18 says this, Where there is no prophetic vision, the people cast off restraint. Where there is no prophetic vision, the people cast off restraint. Um, some of us hear the word prophetic and we start getting a little weirded out. We're like, what a second, uh, what does that mean? So, but I just want to clear it up, okay? Prophet, prophetic doesn't always have to be like freaky deaky, right? It doesn't have to be weird and, and creepy. What it really means is that prophetic vision is just a vision that is directed by God, and it's usually about the future, okay? It's usually about God um, letting us in on some of the things that He's desiring to do in the future. That's all that prophetic vision means. And this verse here in chapter uh, Proverbs 29 says, where there is no prophetic vision, the people are going to cast off restraint. That means that we become unfocused. We don't have anything to narrow our goals, to narrow our focus, and we cast off restraint. And it's kind of like if a football team, um, if, if we were to remove all of the lines from the field and we were to take away the playbook, and then this football team would come on the field, right? But they would have no idea where to go. They'd know how, have no idea what direction to go. They'd, they'd not be on the same page as the other team members. And so everyone's just kind of doing their own thing because they've cast off restraint. And that's why Vision Sunday is so important for us as a church because on this day, this is where we can come together, we can be unified, we can focus ourselves for the next year, and we can all be working toward the same goal. We'll all be working toward the same end zone. All right, so it doesn't have to be weird. Prophecy is just, um, it doesn't always have to be like a thus saith the Lord thing, but it could just be, hey, I feel God is wanting to do this. But I do believe that God does speak very specific things to us, and it is our duty to share those things with the right parties. And so as God spoke to me, um, I believe that it's my duty to share it with you because it's not just me. I can't do anything alone, but together we can do so much as a church and as a pastor of the church, it's my duty to know where we are spiritually currently, but also where God is wanting to take us. So this year um, in uh, November, we, uh, we had what we call um, Summit View Advance. And what that is, is our leadership team, we got together, we went down to um, we went down to uh, Lake uh, Cumberland, we rented a cabin for a night, and we just spent a couple days um, pressing into what God wanted for this year, kind of uh, asking Him, hey, what, what kind of things are you wanting us to do? What can, we, what can we improve? What can we grow in? What are the new things that you want to bring in? And so we spent two nights 
or, or one night down there, two days, and just kind of pressing into the presence of God, you're like, why do you call it Summit View Advanced? That sounds like a retreat. Because here at Summit View, we don't retreat. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, I just, I'm really pleased with that, okay? <laughs> Man. But while we, while I was, um, while we were kind of getting ready for this, while I was preparing for Summit View um, Advance back in, in November, um, God spoke a word to my heart. And I think it's a word that as a church is going to focus us and going to kind of direct everything that we do in this upcoming year. And that word is greater. I believe that God wants Greater. Haggai chapter 2 verse 9 says this, that the glory of this present house will be greater than the glory of the former house, says the Lord Almighty. And in this place, I will grant peace. So I get to stand up here and I believe that God wants Summit View Church to be greater in 2022 than it was in 2021. And you're like, well, yeah, of course, like God always wants us to be better next year than we were this year, but greater has a greater implication than that. This word greater, it's just, it's a, it has greater implications than just better, right? In fact, let's say it like this, that God wants us to leave behind a church of good enough for a church of greater. He wants us to leave behind a church that, well, we're doing it, we're doing it, people are coming every Sunday, people are getting saved, people are doing this and that. He wants us to leave behind good enough so that we can step into greater. And I think there's three things that God spoke to my heart back in November that He wants us to focus on this year. Number one, you can write this down, number one, greater vision, greater vision. See, our vision as a church, we, we put it up on the wall over there. Our vision as a church is that we exist. Everything that we do is, is focused on this. That we exist to lead people to experience what we call life on high. Life on high. See, and we get that Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 6 says this. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with Him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. God wants us to have a greater vision and, and, and our vision statement to we want to lead people to experience life on high. We have this idea and this picture of life on high as kind of like life on uh, a higher perspective from a, from a mountaintop. I like to say it like this, that, that a lot of things would, would be fixed in someone's life if they started seeing themselves from God's perspective rather than their own. If they started seeing their troubles and their problems, their worries, their cares from God's perspective, it's a whole lot less overwhelming than when we really get into the dirt and the nitty-gritty of life. When we start seeing our life from God's perspective, we see also that God has given us everything that we need and empowered us to, to make it through. See, you, we've all come up against um, tough times, right? But but the good thing is that we're all still here today. That means you've made it. You've made it through. And God wants us to start elevating our perspective, to elevate our, our vision and start seeing ourselves from His, perspe- his perspective. And this, this life on high that we talk about can really be defined um, in this way, that God wants four things from any one person that walks on this earth. He wants four things. You can see it over and over and over in the Bible. I can show you multiple places that there are four things that God wants from us. 
And it looks like this. And this, if, if, if one person were to, um, to fulfill each one of these four things to kind of walk this out, I believe that you will experience what we call life on high. You'll experience a life that is greater than the one that you left behind. And God wants these things, that, that everyone would know him, that, that people would know God, people that are far from him would know him, and then that everybody that knows him would find freedom from their past, from their baggage, from their bondage, from their hurts, from their pains. That in order to step into all the things that God has from us or for us, we have to get free from the things that are holding us back. And then number three, he wants each person to discover purpose. After we've found freedom, he wants us to step into the purpose that he has for our lives. And then finally, God wants us to use that purpose to make a difference in the lives of someone else. So God wants us to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and then make a difference. That's what life on high looks like. And God's not wanting to change our vision statement, right? Like as we're, as we're stepping into greater, God's not like wanting to change our vision statement that we exist um, to lead people to experience life on high. But what He is wanting is He wants to expand our perspective of what that means, See, it's, this, it's, it's not just some catchy saying when we say life on high. It, we mean that we, we want people to actually experience life change. We want people to grow in their faith. We want people to take their next step with God like the people that you saw this morning that were baptized. And we want to, people to start seeing their lives from God's perspective. And this is God's perspective. Jesus says in John chapter 10, verse 10, He says, The thief comes only to steal, steal, to kill, and to destroy. But I've come that they may have life and have it to the full. That they may have life and have it abundantly. Like God wants your life, this abundant life, um, for you to live. He wants, he wants you to have a life of purpose. He wants you to have a life of fulfillment. He wants you to have a life that is overflowing abundantly with goodness. And that's what happens when we start seeing ourselves from God's perspective. And as a church, we want that for people. And I believe that as we expand our perspective in order to do what God is asking us to do, we have to um, expand our perspective. In order to lead people to experience life on high, this means as a church that we're going to start thinking even more out of the box. You're like, you just baptized people in a hot tub. How much more out of the box can you get? We're going to start thinking even more out of the box because people matter. There's a lot of people that won't step foot into a church in Esto County. They, they won't step foot into a church because what the church has meant to them their entire lives coming up. And so we're trying to break down tradition where we can. Now, we're going to honor what tradition means, right? There's, there's like a lot of tradition that, that we follow as Christians that they've started way, way back when, and we want to honor those things. But there's a lot of tradition that's happening in our churches that honestly doesn't need to even be taken place. We're just doing it because that's the way that we always did it. And we're looking to break that. We're looking to honor the tradition that matters, but we will sacrifice it if it means reaching those that have been hurt by religion, our church is going to look different than any church um, that, you, that you have stepped into. And that's not me boasting. That's not me bragging. That's not me being arrogant. That's me saying that we will do anything short of sin to reach those people that are far from God. I think that's a good place for, for a celebration. We will do anything short of sin to reach those people that are far from God. <clears throat> 
Somebody said, somebody said the other week, this ain't your grandma's church. I don't know what their grandma's church looks like. But listen, we welcome all grandmas in this place. Like, I love grandmas, so come on in. We don't want to just be a church of the young people, okay? Let me just set that record straight. We want to be a church of all ages because Estill County has all ages. And honestly, the demographic of our church should match the demographic of our community or else we need to expand our focus. So we're going to be a church that reaches people that are far from God using whatever means necessary we have to do in order to do it. So we turn the lights off. We, uh, actually, I make this joke all the time, but people are like, your church is so dark, but we got more lights than any church here in Estill County. We just choose to put different ones up. I mean, our hot tub was lit up today, okay? That's pretty awesome. I love lights. I love them. But we'll do anything short of sin to reach those that are far from God. And as a part of expanding our perspective, expanding our vision for next year, um, we have what's called, on January 2nd, we're having our legacy offering. And this isn't because, um, <laughs> this isn't because I want to get rich and, uh, and take all of your money and all your money's coming to my salary. No, that's, that's not the case. Every single dollar that, that you give in this legacy offering on January 2nd, I promise you, is going to make a difference in this community. We have a, we have a, a, a value of radical generosity, that means that we want to be financially blessing people. That means that we want to not only be here for the church and not welcoming, just waiting here for people to come into the doors, but we are a church that wants to be radically generous to go out into our community and to make a difference where people are, not waiting for them to come into the church because there's going to be people that never come into this church that still need a touch from God. And so we're going to go outside of these doors to make it. Guys, we meet in a fair barn. Like, this ain't the most, uh, this ain't the most churchy church you've ever been in in your life. This ain't the best church building I've ever seen. But we do it intentionally because there's people that will come in here that will never step foot into another church in Esther County. But also, it keeps us just a little bit uncomfortable so that we, can, we have to continue to focus on those outside of our doors. We will do whatever it takes. And this legacy offering is, a, is another way of us being able to do that. The reason we do this, our purpose behind this leg legacy offering, number one, is that we want, our, we want to honor God with our first Sunday of 2022. And one of the easiest ways for us to honor God is financially. Because money is the thing that can get the tightest grip on our hearts. And God knows that. And we want to honor him with the things that, that we keep closest to us. I don't want your money, but I want you to experience the blessing of when you trust God with everything that you have. And so we want to honor him with that on our first Sunday. And then second, we want to propel this vision forward to begin to leave a legacy in our community. There's a lot of things that we would love to do. Guys, we have vision, we have, we have ideas and dreams and visions that could, that could go out for years and years. But the pace of the vision is always dictated by the generosity of the church. And so as we give on January 2nd, above and beyond what we normally give, we're, we're expecting God to do something great and something amazing. And I'm going to tell you about some of those things here in a minute. So everything we talk about today, from this point on, this legacy offering is going to go towards making that happen. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to pray. I want you to ask God 
what He wants you to give. I'm not going to stand up here and tell you. I'm going to ask you to ask God. Decide in your hearts, because God says that He loves a cheerful giver. He doesn't want anybody to give under compulsion or by necessity. So I'm not going to come up here and try to um, emotionally coerce you into giving your money. That's not what I'm trying to do. I want you to be able to make the decision in your heart. And I'll tell you this, if you can't give that money cheerfully, just don't do it. If you can't give that money freely and cheerfully, God says it's better if you don't. So decide in your heart what you want to give and then come with a plan on January 2nd that you want to to do that too. So God wants us, number one, to have a greater vision. Number two, as our church, He wants us to have greater connection. Greater connection. So there's a couple things that we're planning on doing this next year that's going to create not only uh, our, our influence in the community, but we want a greater connection within our church. And that's where this one is focused. So in September, we're going to be launching what we call our small groups. Like, we don't have a midweek service. We don't have Sunday school here because we're going we're gonna to focus all of our extra energy. We're going to focus that we don't spend here on Sunday. We want to focus on growing relationships with people because life change happens best in the context of, crea- of, of community, of created community. Life change happens best in the context of relationships. So our whole goal with small groups, we have one intention. We want to bring people together. So like every small group, it's not going to be a Bible study. I had one guy, uh, one of my friends, tell me uh, just last, a couple Mondays ago, he said, I want to lead a small group. I said, what do you want to do? He said, I want to get a bunch of guys together that ride motorcycles. I said, that sounds like an amazing small group. Some of y'all, listen, some of y'all like to ride side-by-sides. Listen, we're going to have a small group for that if some, if some, if some of y'all want to start it. Like, I can't do it all, right? But, <laughs> but we're going to have small groups, whatever you're passionate about. Um, like, but it's that, that stops at like the bar in the strip club. Okay. Like you can't, don't be passionate about that stuff. We're not doing that. But as a small group, we want people to do what they love to do because people are already grouping. We just want you to group with the intention of growing closer to each other and growing closer to Jesus. So our small groups are launching in September. And then also something we just talked about this last week is we're going to start having intentional gatherings that are, and events that are just designed to build relationships. Like we're probably going to have a trip coming up in February that is just designed for you to build relationships with each other. Because there's a lot of things that we'll find out about each other on a, on a, on a trip that we're just enjoying each other's presence than you ever would on, in an hour on a Sunday. We want you to experience what community really feels like. So we're going to also have intentional gatherings throughout the year that we just want to have fun together because we're a church of big fun. Why is that? Because church is more than a place that we go to. Church is a spiritual family that we belong to. And guess what? The healthiest families I've ever, kn- I've ever known are the families that laugh the most. Healthy families are fun families. So number two, what we're going to do, we want to have greater connection. And then number three, we want to have greater reach, greater reach into our communities. So one thing that I get to announce that I'm very, very excited about that um, is in process currently right now is that we are actually um, going to enter into a lease and we're going to have a, a, an office location right there on Main Street, like in 
like, like the, probably the best position that you could possibly imagine right there on Main Street. And it doesn't sound so exciting because you're like, well, that's just an office. But let me tell you what, what, it, what it means to us as a church for our, our reach and our community. Number one, we're going to have great position right downtown to where every single event that happens downtown, we are going to be positioned right there to be able to, to welcome people and to be able to bless people and, and meet them where they're coming. And it's just a high traffic area. And just having even a sign up in that high traffic area is a big win. But we get to plant ourselves right there and say, this is the office of Summit View Church. And this is also going to give us areas to make greater ministry happen. Greater ministry is going to happen there. We're going to be more effective as a church because we're going to have a central point where the leadership of the church, we can organize, we can have office space, we can have some storage. God knows we need a little bit more storage. If y'all don't know, we have a big axe throwing target sitting back in the corner of this room, and we need somewhere to put it. You know, like we can't throw axes every... I guess we could throw axes every Sunday. Um, We're probably not going to, though. Uh, if y'all want to throw access, sign a waiver, okay? Because we're not responsible for what you do on your own. Um, but we're going to be able to organize, to have office space, to have storage space right there that we can uh, really just center ourselves, center our thoughts. And you guys know the, the most effective businesses are probably the most organized businesses, but that also applies to churches. The most effective churches are the ones that are organized, that know the direction that they're going and and what they need to do to get there. So that's going to create for us that place. And personally, um, I'm going to be able to have. We're going to be able to have a place that if you need one-on-one counseling, or if you're a female, if you need uh, two-on-one counseling, my wife and I sitting in there. Um, we're going to have a place that we can counsel together, that we can talk about the hard issues of life that you don't want to talk about on a Sunday. This is a place where we can have um, greater ministry happening, um, greater uh, meetings, like you know, our like our start here. Um, We meet here on Mondays, but it would be really awesome to be able to meet in our own office space on Monday nights that we can have our Start Here group and uh, in even more groups and classes and events and things as we grow as a church. Then another thing that we're doing when we're talking about our greater reach is that we want to have a greater online presence. We want to have a greater online presence because the front door to our church is no longer that door. The front door to our church is always going to be the web. Where's the first place you go when you want to check out a restaurant? I'm going to check their menu out online. And it's the same thing with churches. Before anybody steps their feet in this um, church, they're first going to Google it. They're going to they're gonna try to do that. So what we're going to be doing, some of our things that we're looking to do this next year is we're going to be purchasing some production equipment, some better production equipment, so that we're not only going to have audio podcasts every single week. Those are great. Those are amazing. But some people like to see what's happening. And so we're going to be purchasing some, uh, some nice cameras and maybe some better lighting so that we can have um, not just audio podcasts, but we can have video to people um, of what's happening here at Summit View church as well. And then also we're going to ramp out, we're going to ramp up our website to be more discoverable. There's like this term that you probably don't care about called SEO, search engine optimization. What that means is we want to have a greater SEO when people type in churches in Estill County or churches in Irving, Kentucky. We want people to be able to see Summit View Church on that near the top of their browser. And so as we're kind of ramping up our, um, our website in that way, it's going to cause us to reach more people. 
And then finally, in our greater reach, we're going to um, have some strategic partnerships that are going to um, begin to advance, help us to partner with them to advance the gospel, not only in Estill County, but also to be able to advance the gospel across the country. That means we're going to partner with church planting organizations that, that help people like us do this in other places. Because it costs money, and it, it, you have to have the relationships to be able to do it. So we're going to have some strategic partnerships that we can help advance uh, church planting and advance the gospel, not only just in Estill County, but across our entire country. So that's what God has for us as a church. He wants us to be a church to, to stretch ourselves to have greater vision, greater connection, and greater reach in our community. But I told you we're going to have a personal application for you this morning. So 1 Kings chapter 19 starts in verse 19, says this, So when Elijah went from there and found Elisha, yeah, their names sound really similar and it's very confusing. Uh, when Elijah went and found Elisha, they're not related, uh, son of Shaphat, he was plowing with twelve yoke of oxen, and he himself was driving the twelfth pair. Elijah went up to him and threw his cloak around him. And Elisha then left his oxen and ran after Elijah. Let me kiss my father and mother goodbye, he said, and then I will come with you. Go back, Elijah replied. What have I done to you? I still don't understand what he means there. Um, so Elisha left him and went back. He took his yoke of oxen and he slaughtered them. He burned the plowing equipment to cook the meat. And he gave it to the people and they ate. And then he set out to follow Elijah and become his servant. So not only does God want us to leave behind a church of good enough for a church of greater, he wants us to leave behind lives of good enough and embrace a life that is greater. See, it's easy right now especially to just set our lives on coast, right? To, to just like, I'm making it and this is the best that I can do, especially with the year that I've had. Like, this is the best that I can do right now. I set that cruise control, and I'm just trying to make it. But God wants us to do more than just make it. So I think that not only is God challenging our church to find greater, He's challenging each one of us personally to find greater. And a life of greater, guys, doesn't happen by accident. You don't stumble into growth. You never stumble into growth. Personal growth, relational growth, spiritual growth. None of these things happen by accident. A life of greater is going to require something from us. And it's going to require, number one, it's going to require greater, greater servanthood. Greater servanthood. We see this in um, verse 21 of the scripture we read that Elisha, he burnt, then he burned the plowing equipment to cook the meat from the oxen that he slaughtered. And then what did he do with it? He gave it to the people and then they ate. And then he set out to follow Elijah and become his servant. Greater impact requires us to serve people in a greater capacity. But God has given you every single thing that you need in order to make an impact in the lives of those people around you. I promise you He has. Maybe nobody's ever told you this before, but God has put inside of you a purpose that no other person on this earth can fulfill. It's only yours. You're the only puzzle piece that will fit what God wants to do. 
And he's created you like that. He didn't, it, it's been, you've been designed like that since before you were born. God had a place and a thing for you to do. There's a reason that you're in Estill County right now on December 26, 2021 in this building. Because God has a purpose for you. God has a reason for your existence. And he wants you to hear that. So if you want to have greater servant. I get to make a a quick plug for um, some of the most amazing people that you'll ever meet. We have here at our church, we don't don't like to call our people volunteers, right? Because volunteer kind of says, you're doing something for me. We don't like to volunteer. We're a family, so we all pitch in. But we like to call the people that serve here at the church day in and week in and week out, we call them the crew. Um, and this isn't like a special group of people that we've handpicked to do you know, this and that. No, this is anybody that has a desire to serve at our church, you can join the crew. There, is, there are no stipulations. Like you can join and you can start to make a difference in Summit View Church and through Summit View Church. And here's how you do it. Here's how you join the crew, okay? Just come to Pathway on January 2nd. Come to Pathway at 1230 Okay, it's going to take two hours, max, two hours. And in the, in, at, at the Pathway event, you're going to discover the purpose that God has put in your life. The reason that He, um, that the, the design that He's given you in order to fulfill your destiny. You're going to be able to discover that. We're going to have at least start the conversation of why did God create you. And we do that. That's our, that's our one intention of Pathway, to... to to let you know the purpose that God has you for. Because each of us were made individually and specifically for different reasons. To reach different people. And to have a different impact on our communities. And there's a specific thing that God has put in you that He hasn't put in anybody else. God made you a 10 at something because He wants to use that to impact the lives of the people that are around you. So, the easiest way to, to have a... To, have a greater servanthood in 2022 is right here on Sundays. Guys, we see people come in here. Every single week, people give their life to Jesus. Every single week, people have their lives changed. And it's not because I'm preaching a great message. Listen, you guys have made up your mind. If this is your first time here, I can guarantee you guys have made up your mind if you're going to stay before, the, before I take the first step onto this stage. Because the church is not about me. The church is about us. And you have an opportunity to make that kind of impact on someone else's life. That is just, maybe you say, it's just holding the door open. You don't understand the burden that some people have to come in here with. And the power of a smile and of a high five and of a hug. You, don't, you, you underestimate the impact that that can make on someone's life. It's not hard. It's not hard to love people. It's not hard to make an impact. You just have to be willing to do it. So come to Pathway next Sunday at 12.30, January 2nd, 12.30. Spend a couple hours with me. We got your child care provided. We got your food provided. Just carve out some time because I believe that God wants to do something amazing through you. Greater servanthood. Number, number two, a life of greater requires greater sacrifice. Greater sacrifice. That doesn't... That doesn't sound as good, but it does require something of us. Uh, in that same scripture, we see, we see that Elisha made a great sacrifice 
that when it says that Elisha left him and he went back to where he was plowing, he took his yoke of oxen, he slaughtered them, and then he burned his plowing equipment. What's that saying? He's like, I'm leaving the life that I used to have. I'm leaving these things behind, and I'm making sure I can't ever come back to it. There's no way that I can come back because my oxen are dead and my plows are burned. And he probably saved his whole life to be able to afford it. And in that moment, when Elijah called Elisha, Elisha answered the call of God by saying, You know what, God? I'm, getting, I, I'm making a greater sacrifice. I'm sacrificing my plans for my life. I'm sacrificing the purpose that I had lined out for my life in order to step into yours and make a difference. A life of greater requires us to sacrifice things in our lives. And listen, some things that you're, sac- you're going to have to sacrifice this next year are going to be good things. Like they're not only bad things that are holding you back, sometimes we're held back by the good things in our life. Like some things that are good, but they're not helpful. There's a lot of good things that try to distract your focus from the right things. So will you burn your plows and leave good enough behind? Because we have to say, sometimes we have to say no to even the good things so we can say yes to the best things. Because you can't focus your energy on everything. In my life, there's a lot of, like, my schedule is pretty full. And I have to say no to, to a lot of good things so that, I can in, so that I can have the room to say yes to some of the best things that are going to advance this church and advance my personal spiritual life. And one of the ways that we can do that as a church and as, a, as an individual in 2021 is when we have our 21 days of prayer and fasting. And I want to explain to you what fasting is all about. Fasting is when we sacrifice something that is important to us in order to grow closer to God for a certain amount of time. Like it doesn't have to be forever, but for a certain amount of time. But when we sacrifice that, that thing, we have to take the time to fill that void, the time that we're, that we're no longer spending on, on whatever, maybe it's eating, maybe it's social media, maybe it's TV, take that time and repurpose it and start filling it with spending time with God. So there's four different types of fasts that, um, that you'll be able to really take part in. Some, you don't have to, everybody can do one of these, okay? Like everybody can do one. You don't have to do all of them. Everybody can do one of them. I would just ask that as a church, we have the unity to each one of us make a, a choice for 21 days. We're going to decide to eliminate something out of our lives so that we can step into what God is asking us to do and, and refocus ourselves on Him. So the first type of fast is called a full fast. Full. It's complete. That means that um, for 21 days, you only take in liquids. Now listen, let me make a disclaimer here. Please talk to your doctor if you're thinking about doing this. Talk to your doctor first because some of you cannot physically do it, okay? And I'm not asking you to. But... Um, if you do decide for a complete fast, a full fast, um, it's, it's amazing when you get um, on the end of 21 days, the clarity that you have in your life. So there's a complete fast. Then number two, there's a selective fast. And this means that you, um, you only eat certain foods for 21 days and you push other foods out of um, your diet. So like um, 
in September, personally, what I did was um, like eliminated meats, I eliminated dairy, I eliminated um, breads, and I eliminated sugars from my diet because that was a selective fast. And I did that for 21 days. And you're going to see greater clarity in your relationship with God. You're going to grow closer. Then number three, the third, third type is called a partial fast. And this just means that for a certain portion of the day, maybe you, don't, you, don't, maybe you skip dinner or maybe you skip lunch and you fill that time with God instead. Every one of us can probably skip one meal a day. It's not like some of us do it for health reasons anyway. You skip breakfast. So just fill that time with God. And then number four is called a soul fast. Now, this is something that you won't find in the Bible because in the Bible they didn't have Facebook. They didn't have Instagram. They didn't have, uh, what are the news stations? I don't even know, CNN, Fox. and They didn't have all this stuff, so they didn't have to do it. But what we can choose to do is for 21 days, maybe you turn off your TV. Maybe you get off of social media. And you let yourself start distancing from all of the hustle and bustle and negativity. And you will be so surprised at how light and free you feel at the end of 21 days as a soul fast. So we're doing that from January 2nd to January 22nd. I'm not asking you to do a full, complete. You can if you want to. But I just ask every person that calls himself uh, Summit View family, choose something. Even if it's just like eliminating, maybe you like to have that, maybe you like to have that uh, ice cream cone every night after dinner. And you just eliminate it. Just don't do it for 21 days and replace that time with, with uh, time with Jesus. Now also... There, there are probably some relationships that you're going to need to sacrifice in 2022 in order to step into greater. There are some relationships that you're going to have to leave behind. You're going to need to let go because there's going to be some people that are with you in 2021 that won't be able to stay with you in 2022 because you are headed somewhere different than they are. It's just it's that simple. Like It doesn't mean it's always bad. It just means you have to, like, you're going different places. You're taking different connecting trains to get to the destiny that God has for you. Like, when I, now, when I first gave my life to Jesus, um, when I started really growing in my relationship with Jesus, there were some friendships I had to say bye to because they were not influencing me towards God. They were, tr- they were pulling me from it. And so maybe in 2022, you have to let go of the relationships that are dragging you back into the past so you can grab onto a new relationship that's going to propel you into the future. A greater life requires greater sacrifice. What are you willing to give up for greater? Number three, God would ask us, if we want to have a life of greater, it requires of us greater surrender. Greater surrender. In this passage, we can see that Elijah went from there and found Elisha, the son of Shaphat. He was plowing. Elisha was plowing with 12 yoke of oxen, and he himself was driving the 12th pair. (laughs) Guys, you know what that means? Like, that means that Elisha had the nastiest job. He had, (laughs) I'll tell a funny story. (laughs) We, this morning we got here in the amazing, um, the amazing Nelson Benton 
got a piece of uh, like, uh, I don't know what that, it's called, it's some kind of board. We had a bunch of like horse droppings out here, like a big old pile of it. And he like shoveled it off the road. Why did I say that? Because that's exactly the environment that Elisha was in before he was called by God. He was at the back of the 12 oxen. Could you imagine, without getting too graphic, walking behind 12 oxen in a row and what kind of crap you got to step in? <laughs> you got to step in a lot of crud. You, you don't have the most glamorous job of all. But Elijah went to Elisha and he threw his cloak around him. And then immediately, Elisha left his oxen and ran after Elijah. He ran after him, which is representative of God's call for each one of us. God's come to us and he's calling us and he's throwing his cloak around your shoulders. The Bible says that he clothes us, clothes us with robes of righteousness. He takes our filthy rags and he replaces them with a robe of righteousness. He's thrown it over your shoulder and what are you going to do? My hope is that you'll run after God like Elisha did after Elijah. A life of greater requires us. See, Elisha had it, he had his life all planned out, right? He's like, he's going to stay there forever. He's going to plow the fields with the, with the oxen. He's going to run the family business and he's going to pass it on to his kids when he's done. And he probably had all these plans for his life. But in that moment, there was a crossroads that he had to make a decision when Elijah came up and threw his robe around him and said, God has a purpose and a call for your life, he had to make the decision to leave what he knew, to leave what he was comfortable with in order to answer the call that God had for his life. The life of greater requires us to surrender our own plans to God so we can take up his plans for our life. John chapter 3 verse 30 John the Baptist says this about Jesus. Jesus, he must become greater and I must become less. It's not about me. It's all about him. This life is not about me anymore. I choose a life of surrender that my plans pale in comparison to God's plans. They pale in comparison to it. Our job, our job is not to become known. Our job is not to become an influencer in our society. Our job is not to become known. Our job is to make Jesus known. So when God calls you, how quickly are you going to respond? See, I lived, I lived over half of my life not responding to God when he was calling. I was an atheist for over half of my life, opposed to God. And listen, I look back on it and I can see the moments where God was calling me. He didn't wait until I was 16 years old to finally call me. He had been calling me and calling me my entire life, but I was resisting. I was pushing against it. I lived over half of my life that way. And as, I, as a result, I reached out to anything and everything that I could find to try to fill that void and try to find fulfillment and purpose in my life. And it never worked. 
But when I finally surrendered to God and, his, and I chose His plan for my life, my life was filled with purpose. It was filled with fulfillment. And you know what? I'm a happy guy because God has filled me with joy that I had never experienced before. Guys, someone is going to write your story. The question is, who's it going to be? Are you going to give it over to the one who has the power to change it and to make it better? The editor, right? The editor has the power to change the script. And God's the editor of your life. Or you could choose to self-publish. Ignore all the, ignore all the, the cross-outs and the changes that he wants to make and do it on your own. But everybody knows the books that sell the greatest aren't the self-published. They're the ones that have been thoroughly changed by the editor. The lives that find fulfillment aren't the lives that are self-published. The lives that find fulfillment are the ones that are placed into the hand of your Creator. Well, thanks for joining us today. I pray that this message had an incredible impact on your life. If you want more information about our church, you can check us out online at summitview.online. We hope we get to see you on a Sunday very, very soon. But until then, have a great week.